G'day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast. In today's show, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about analysis paralysis and link you towards a video that is, I've just published on YouTube, or if you're in my Discord group already, you can go to the, uh, the little link there, or the little uh, channel, sorry, that says YouTube. And it's about analysis paralysis. And look, I've, I, I talk about it a lot in the course. Uh, I also have on YouTube a whole series on different things. Analysis paralysis is one of the topics that I cover. And for those of you that are not aware of what analysis paralysis is, it's where you start trading and you don't have a strategy that you can trust or that you've learnt, that you can rely on, and you've just been essentially, you know, scrolling through YouTube and taking little bits and pieces from this person, that person, you try and put it all together. And whilst, yeah, I, I get why you might do that. It, it does seem like a thing to do, right? But as I say in my courses and, and various free content, to get this right, to get the right indicators to act with price in a certain way, the way that you wish to trade, whether that be trading ranges, whether that be trading short, trading trends, um, trading trend lines like horizontal trend lines or, or sorry, um, any trend line really, yeah, to get all the right indicators that you need without giving yourself analysis paralysis and confusion and to do that right from the get-go, it's kind of like going into a professional kitchen which might have, you know, 5,000 ingredients in it. Now, you're not a chef. You have no recipe to work from. You are, um, you, you've never worked in a professional kitchen and you don't know where all the ingredients are. Chef calls out, I need 10 souffles. You've never tasted a souffle. You've never seen a souffle. You don't even know what a souffle is. So your job now is to make 10 souffles within the hour. Well, without a recipe, you know that the probability of you getting that right is pretty much nil. Even with the recipe, if you haven't got the practice and the know-how that chefs have, you're probably going to struggle. And the reason I use souffle is that I've watched enough cooking shows in my time to know that they're bloody hard to do. <laughs> so analysis paralysis, and how can we you know, relate that back to the example that I just gave? Well, in the markets, if you go in and you look at your trading view charts or any charts for that matter, you're going to have a plethora of different um, indicators for which you can use. And of course, you can come up with as many ideas as you possibly can with, with relation to how they work. So it's an infinite amount of options you have available to try and pinpoint something that's going to work is highly unlikely. And that's why there are companies like mine that help people to learn to trade from people that have been in the game for a very, very long time, 18 years here for me. And um, that's why I have stuck to the three strategies that I teach. I do have more strategies, but these are the ones that set up most prolifically and that I'm most confident in, in the crypto markets. Now, the thing is this, right? Analysis paralysis, you might be thinking that you're learning and you'll say to yourself, hey, I'm happy to dust a bit of cash to learn. And I totally get that. We've all got to do that. But are you learning anything? Because you get caught up and you go from pillar to post and you try this and you try that. And how many sample size trades are you taking? Like how many trades in a sample set, sorry, to come to a conclusion that you are either with an edge or without an edge? And are you tracking those? There are so many variables to it. Now, the reason I bring this up is because the video that I've posted today on my YouTube, and you'll find it across my social media channel shortly, is, and by the way, those social media channels, at Trader Cobb, pretty straightforward. The reason I'm bringing this up is because I did something that I haven't done for a very, very long time. 
Uh, I've been looking at the Bitcoin dominance chart now for a number of years to see if I can find anything of value, anything of use for Bitcoin's dominance chart. And I have, but it's the same stuff that I've already known, and that's trend related. Okay, so I overlaid something else today after going to Twitter and asking for some information about, well, what have you guys found when it comes to US dollar tether? What should I be looking at? And one lovely chap actually pointed me in the direction of the US dollar tether dominance chart. So, of course, the dominance of US dollar tether rises and decreases depending on market moves. And what I found and I overlaid the USDT dominance the Bitcoin dominance, and then the Bitcoin chart. And you'll get all the detail when you watch the video. The thing that I found is that Bitcoin itself is pretty much a mirror image of the US dollar tether chart. So when Bitcoin's price is going up, US dollar tether is going down. And that's a pretty easy one to get your head around. If the market's moving up, people move from their US dollar tether, a stable coin, into an asset uh, that can hopefully, for their point of view, make them more of the US dollar tether. And that's it. They want to trade the movement of Bitcoin for more tether. When Bitcoin goes down, US dollar tether dominance goes up and around and around and around we go. That doesn't seem all that interesting, I know, but that's what I found. To think of using the US dollar tether dominance chart as an indicator for Bitcoin having a top or a bottom or, or points to which to buy or sell, in my opinion, is an absolute farce. And it's just because it's directly inversely correlated, 100%. I, don't, I didn't see any evidence of what comes before the other. They happen at the same time. So laying the Bitcoin dominance chart in there as well, I was trying to see if I could find another way that I could combine these three elements together to see if there was anything there that I could gather that has repeated itself on many occasions. My findings of that, once again, were very little. And you can see the visual representation of all of this on YouTube as well. And I do recommend that you do do this because it's... um. <sighs> It's a really good understanding of what we can see when we know what we're looking for. And what I saw was that the way that I'm trading, the way that I read markets, which is based on price action, is the right way of doing it. I haven't changed anything in my trading strategies for a very long time. As a matter of fact, the only changes that I've made is to take things away. I used to have the RSI and the stochastics. I've taken them away. I used to have the 50-period moving average and the 200-period moving average. I too have taken those away because when it comes to making decisions, and that's what trading and investing is all about, it's making decisions, uh, they can't be relied on, uh, not by themselves. I use my 10 and 20 and that is it and price action and my strategies. And I see this time and time again. I can recall when Bitcoin was falling and you've got um, you know, someone out there like, oh, I won't use any names because I, I don't want it to seem like I'm having a go on anybody, but I see, you see people with big followings that are saying things like, oh, Bitcoin's back at the 200-period moving average. Can it hold? la da all of this. And it's like, well, it's absolutely not relevant because what's the decision-making process off of this? This is what a commentator talks of. They're talking from a position of commentating as opposed to a position of action. And the only reason that I'm in markets is because I can take action based around a plan that I have perfected over a number of years. When I put all these things over the top of each other, I was hoping to find something. I was open to finding something. I shouldn't say hoping. I was open. And of course, when you're open to something, you are able to you know, take the information in front of you and make a decision based on that. My decision at the end of it 
was it's a lot of rubbish. It's not going to help me in any way, shape or form. So I've ditched it. But the findings are trend is your friend and momentum is absolutely key. Whether it goes up or down, we can trade that. We know that. But it's about understanding that we have an edge and not trying to outsmart that edge. Just stick with it. And the reason I bring this up to you now is that, well, the markets are a little bit unstable. Uh, well, they're very stable. I should say that Bitcoin's pretty much just going sideways, but there's no real certainty in its direction. When I look at the daily chart on Bitcoin, what I see is a market that is consolidated. It, it's as simple as that. The positives that I do see, however, and there are, you know, uh, there's a case to be built for the daily chart that we've got higher lows that are building into a resistance region. That resistance region is roughly around about, let's call it 700, sorry, 17,350. It's, it's a rough region. We've got higher lows coming up into that level. We haven't broken that level yet, but if we are to break that level, I wouldn't be surprised to see a continuation of that trend because we've got higher lows that are building it up and we've got resistance, which is holding it back. But as we build into that resistance, the higher lows are kind of like a pressure cooker building up to blow up. Now, we don't have that breakout just yet. In fact, today we've pulled back a little bit. We're down 0.4% at 17,140. But it's the understanding of the price that is giving me my decision to sort of, you know, wait until something goes on. I'm currently long Monero. It's at about two to one profit. I've taken my first target. I am now at break even. I am lining up a short to go with that long. And that short is to make sure I've got downside exposure as well. Because while the market is sideways, and yes, there is a probability that it might move higher, I'm not willing to bank on that probability until it has played out. So for me, I'm happy to have a short on as well. The short is on a lower time frame than the long. Therefore, hopefully I can get my first target and get uh, break even on the short and I'll have a long and a short running. Once the market works itself out, potentially I'll get a good runner out of that. But for me at the moment, there's not a great deal happening. So I did spend some time looking to see if I could find something and I found confusion. Don't do that too often and do it from a place knowing what you know knowing that you have the power and knowing you know how to trade. On to Ethereum next. So Ethereum, uh, sorry, and let me just add on Bitcoin as well. Uh, yesterday we did sell off for the first part of the day. Uh, we were down roughly, what was that? About 1.2%. 1, 1. We ended up closing the day up 0.75%. It's a bit of a rejection candle. Today so far we are down, but not by a great deal. The four-hour chart's an absolute mess there on Bitcoin and the weekly trend is still down with solid divergence i will add but it is down on to ethereum which is trading down 0.4 percent today at 1269 dollars yesterday as well it did close up one percent uh, ethereum looking very similar to bitcoin but without such a pristine or not pristine not such a prominent level of resistance it is there though and it's around 1300 ish you know give or take 20 bucks we'll have to wait and see what goes on there at 1216 or 1270 dollars we are down 0.4 Binance yesterday had some solid selling coming in, down 2.9%, today down 2.6% at $268.78. Now, this is a trend that is starting to get a bit of momentum with it. Uh, as far as its tradability at this stage, I'm not convinced. However, if I look at the one-hour time frame, if we can get some convergence coming in perhaps tomorrow morning or later tonight, that might be workable, down 2.7% currently on Binance. XRP yesterday closed its way up 1.65%. It's down 1.65% today at 38 cents flat. Still meandering sideways with a slight touch of down. Doge, on the other hand, yesterday was down at the close 2.5%. But at one stage yesterday, as I spoke on the podcast, it was down a heck of a lot more, as was Shiba. It was down 10.7% at one stage on Doge. On the four-hour time frame right now, I do have a bearish candle in the cradle zone. 
could be a trade, except for the candle is too large. There'll be nothing going on there on XRP, sitting at nine cents, down 0.6 of a percent. Cardano is up next, which has come to retest some support at 30.7 cents. Yesterday, it did close down, but only 0.1 of a percent. Today, down 0.7 at 30.4 cents. Nothing to speak of, really. Actually, let me just take that eight hour. The eight hour, not too crash hot either. On to Matic, yes, yeah, uh, next, sorry, which was up 2% yesterday, down 0.7% today, sitting at 90 cents. It's a very ugly chart in the four. We go down a bit, we pop back up undecided direction wise. On to Dot Next, which closed up 0.2% after setting itself, oh, not quite, I was going to say, I thought it might have set new. Uh, 2022 lows. It did not. It wasn't far off. It's down 0.9% of $5.12 right now. Solana closed down 0.9% yesterday. It's down 1.5% today. Again, a, a bit of selling starting to come in uh, in the last few hours. It is not the greatest four-hour downtrend. In fact, there is no four-hour downtrend, but where we've pulled back into is the cradle zone. We could see a decline from here, but it's got to wait and see at $13.11. And Shiba Inu, yesterday as it closed down 1.64%. It was, however, down, what is that, 7 point or nearly 8% at one stage. It's down 1.34% today. So the moral of the story here is stick to your trend trading. If there's not many trends and you're not trading much, keep it nice and simple. We're going to be talking to you soon about an exchange that we've been working very closely with that covers a number of the boxes we need ticked. That's liquidity, that's trading orders, and how we are to raise orders and work on the platform with margin as well and spot trading. Uh, we were looking very hard for a very long time as well for something that had a little bit of trust that we could ba- you know, work with. They've shown us enough that we believe that this particular platform is about as good as we can possibly find. Now, the reason I say it's as good as we can possibly find because until we see actual, you know, traditional market style balance sheets, i.e. profit and loss, um, you know, debt ratios, all those sorts of things, until we can see that across the market or in any of these exchanges, we really are just going off what we can see. They don't show us everything. So stand by. We will let you know as soon as we have that up and running. It's been a lot of work going into this, guys. So hopefully uh, it will make you feel good about it. We're going to provide plenty of information so that you can make the decision uh, if you would like to trade with them or not. We will let you know as soon as we are able to. You have yourself a fantastic day. I hope you're well. And I'll speak to you again very, very soon. Cheers, ladies and gentlemen. Bye for now.